Hey, it's Jen Garrett here, and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. I've helped thousands of people to develop their own personal game plan to achieve that next level of greatness. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies of professional athletes, Fortune 500 executives, and successful entrepreneurs to elevate your hustle and get you across your goal line. So get ready. It's your time to move the ball. Hey, everyone. Jen Garrett here. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball community for quite some time, I'm glad that you're here with us today. Also, something that I want to mention before we get into today's show is you guys know that this podcast is really about giving you tools, strategies, habits, advice, and things that you can put into your playbook to help you achieve those really big goals that you have in life. So what I want you to do is be sure to check out the show notes. I've got a goal setting worksheet there for you to download. You'll find it to be a useful resource and it's going to help you stay focused on those big goals. And of course, feel free to share it with others who you think could use some extra guidance. Before we get into today's show, one other thing I want to mention, I'm kind of one of these people that like to have themes and intention behind things that I do, including what I release as part of this podcast. We just finished up my season two path to the draft series, where I featured NFL draft prospects, their stories and their path to the draft. And right before that series kicked off, I did have an NFL rookie come on the show by the name of Isaiah Wright to share what his life looked like over the past year, going through his rookie season in the NFL, sharing how he had to adapt and adjust during COVID. And what I wanted to do on the back end of this path to the draft series is do something similar. So today we've got another player talking about his rookie season and what the last year has looked like for him. You've heard me talk enough. So let me introduce our guest. Inside the huddle with us today is current Super Bowl 55 champion, Benning Potawahe. Benning is an American football defensive end who currently plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was signed by the Bucs as an undrafted free agent last year. And the team went on to win, as you guys know, Super Bowl 55. Prior to his NFL career, Benning played college football at the University of Washington, where in his last season, he played in all 13 other games, and he earned pro football focus, all Pac-12 honorable mention. Benning, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate you being here with us today, and congratulations again on being a Super Bowl champion. As you know, I was in Tampa for the Super Bowl weekend. It was incredible. It was neat to see the Bucs win that championship. So congratulations. What I want to do is I want to start a conversation taking you back to last year. So last year was an interesting year for all of us. It was one that really made us adapt, adjust, assess what we're doing in our lives, how we're going to move forward, figuring out how to survive and thrive. And so I want you to talk to us about what your last year looked like, starting off with as you were getting ready for the NFL draft. As many people listening know, what happens during the month of March and April is a lot of the schools have their pro days, you have the NFL combine in at the end of February, and you playing at the University of Washington, your pro day was scheduled to be on March 31st. And that was a couple weeks after the global pandemic was declared. And so it ended up getting canceled. Talk to us about what that experience was like for you, your training for this, getting ready for it, and then it's gone. Yeah, it took a lot of adjusting. You have this all this time that you're training up to, you know, your pro day to go perform. And uh, you realize towards, you know, getting closer to the pro day that it's canceled. So everybody's scrambling around trying to figure out, you know, what we're doing, whether we're recording something, whether 
you know, a pro day is going to happen that we'll be able to attend. Uh, you kind of feel like all that work was not a waste of time, but it was just like kind of like a lot of time spent just so the pro day can get canceled. I was just continuing to work out, staying ready for whatever was thrown. Luckily, we were able to figure something out, you know, find a, a nearby field and get some numbers up. That took a lot of adjusting for all of us. So, yeah. And it's easy to get distracted when things like this happen. I mean, I don't think we've had anything on the scale happen in our lifetime, but there are things that happen in life where we get distracted. So how do you stay mentally focused and locked in, trying to get ready and figure out how can you still navigate through this situation and figure out how you're going to perform and how you're going to get some film and and perform your drill so that you can share that with teams? Because obviously your goal is to get picked up by the league. Right. I try to keep my eye on the bigger picture. It's huge for me to trust the process, continuing to take it day by day um, and really not looking too far ahead, but just knowing in the back of your mind, you know, what's what's at stake, what's in hand, you know, like what's ahead of you. So not being complacent or or seeing, you know, like you said, this this global pandemic, it shocked the world. It stopped a whole lot. So everybody was going through, you know, something just for me to continue to like I said, take it day by day and keep my eye on the prize, just being able to continue to work every day and towards, you know, my goal. And I really like how you talk about t- trusting the process because it's one of my favorite quotes because I think it sometimes we lose sight of that because we're caught up in the day-to-day. But if you stay focused on the process and you believe yeah. in your process and you're consistent and you do take it on a day-to-day basis, the results will come, but it's having that discipline to stay focused yeah. on that process and trusting in it. Yes, yeah, exactly. So share with us, how did being a competitive athlete really help you prepare for navigating through all of this uncertainty last year? I think sports in general, football, basketball, you know, whatever, it helps you with life. A lot of the traits and things you need to really make it are the same things you need to, like you said, navigate through life, leadership, work ethic, all those things that go into being a football player, basketball player, just an athlete, it translates to your day-to-day just being a football player all my life or for a lot of my life, when the pandemic hit, it was just like being down in the game. Like It's just adversity. Uh, you see adversity every day. As athletes, we're taught to, you know, fight through it, persevere and continue to, you know, keep going. And so when pandemic hit, it was, I don't want to say it was easy. It was a natural reaction for me to not be bothered by it. It was like, okay, well, I've been knocked down before. A lot of us been knocked down before. And continuing to go is kind of like second nature. So it helped a lot. Yeah, you bring up a really great point because as competitive athletes, you're conditioned to focus on the next play. If there is adversity, if you're down by a touchdown or two or you know 12 points in a basketball game, like that doesn't phase you because there's still plenty of, of time left to figure out what we need to do to be able to pull off a win. So I, I think you're conditioned to just keep going. Right. You don't get caught up in that that moment, whereas I think in life, a lot of people get caught up in the moment instead of figuring out, okay, this happened. How do I keep moving forward? Right. Exactly. So I want to step back. You mentioned you've been playing football all your life or or most of your life. Talk to us about how did you get into the game? Uh, Well, my older brother played. He kind of paved the way. So really just seeing him play the game. And he went to the University of Washington as well. Really just seeing him play. Him just, you know, setting the tone, it was kind of kind of something for me to like, okay, you know, well, let me do something. You know, as a kid, you're just running around having fun, not knowing what you're going to do in life. So I think it was like a little slip he got in uh, school and it was for like literally, 
and he brought it home to my mom. My mom kind of made me go. I was like, uh, I don't know. They made me go to this football practice, this peewee league, and that's where it all started. So I kind of fell in love with it when I was kind of bigger than everybody. A lot of the, you know, D linemen, O linemen, bigger dudes in the NFL, they were always big. They were always bigger than a lot of people growing up. So it was kind of that feeling of dominance or kind of that feeling of like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm bigger than everybody. I'm going to kind of have it my way. And so growing up, I kind of liked it. You go on and you go through the whole process and you, you fall in love and it becomes more than just being good at it. You run into all these obstacles and it's, it's something about fighting through it. And then when you make it through it, that reward to yourself, it builds you. It makes you who you are, like just making it through like all the adversities. When you were at the University of Washington, what were some of the lessons or what were some of the takeaways that you had throughout your college playing experience? Having Coach Pete as my head coach, he was huge. Uh, we, he had this Build for Life program. It put so much light on growing as a man more than an athlete. Like we spoke about earlier, how the things that you get from sports translate to life. He was huge on us growing as men more than football players. So like one saying he would always say that stuck with me, stuck with a lot of us. He would say, how you do the small things is how you do all things. So basically just the details, you know, how you go about your business, how you carry yourself. It speaks volume about your character. So being at Washington, him punching that saying in our heads over and over again, whether it's team meetings, whether it's practice, just hearing that every day, it was like integrity is huge. You can't be at football practice. You can't be in the facility and then go away and be a whole different person. You know, it kind of it builds a culture. So like it makes you who you are. It builds your character, like I said earlier, and it makes you really want to be a good guy or a good person. Coach Pete, he, he played a big role and how I carry myself nowadays. So. Oh, that's great. And I think coaches play such a huge influence among other people in our lives. Yeah. And the fact that he's focused on the whole person, it's not just about what you do on the football field, but what you do yeah. off the field as well is very important because as you know, too, I mean, football is a part of your journey, but it's not the final destination, right? No. It's a great philosophy that he's instilling into uh, the football program there at University of Washington. Still on the University of Washington conversation or topic, tell us about what was the most memorable game for you. The most memorable game. That is a real good question. It might be, I might have to say two because one, one game was one I did not play in or I didn't play much in. And then one was a game that I did play in. The first game was 2016 when we played Stanford at home. It was a packed house. The noise, it was unreal. It was like we were two top 10 teams and everybody was watching. We like blew them out. And it was just huge for me to see as a redshirt freshman. I was just like, it set the example of how like how things had to be. I was a redshirt freshman. So it was the beginning of my, my career at UW. And it showed me like, okay, this is how things got to stay for my time here. And then the second game, was the playoff game in the Peach Bowl against Alabama. It was my second start against Alabama. I'm a redshirt freshman, like I said. This is all in the in my first uh, eligible year, and we're about to play Alabama. And the things that are going through my head, it was, I'm a freshman. I cannot mess up. This is my second start. My first start was a Pac-12 championship. That was an amazing game as well. But the Alabama game has a place in my heart because I was going against, I want to say their whole team was – was top three rounds. Like, it, it was crazy. The guys I was going against, Cam Robinson, O.J. Howard, Jalen Hurst, like, all these guys. And I was just seeing them as a freshman, and I'm just like, okay, well, this is the standard now. 
I'm going to have to bring my A game because if I don't, nobody out here cares. Nobody, they're, they're just going to run all over me. So it made me have to, I guess, step up in a sense. So, yeah, those, those two games are huge. Well, I like that you brought up both games, and I'll tell you why. The first one, I think it's important because you talked about how you were a redshirt freshman, and it was also kind of just what you observed. I think that you don't have to be on the football field to learn the lessons that the game teaches you, meaning you can be on the sideline watching as well, because that's where I learned so much mm-hmm. from the game. I'd never suited up. I would have loved to have suited up and I <laughs> tried, didn't quite work out. So, um, <laughs> right, right. But uh, so, I mean, I've, I've learned just as much as anybody else, but I've always been an observer and a student of the game from the sideline versus being on the field specifically. So I really appreciate that you picked an example like that to share. But the other one that I really like you talking about is the Peach Bowl, because as you know, I am an Alabama alum yeah. that sometimes is crazy and, and is always posting about it. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah. but you know, Alabama, is, they're a great team, and I've loved watching their journey over the last decade. I mean, obviously, they've had a lot of dominance, which is great. Yeah. Saban is yeah. awesome, talented players. And uh, for those that may not have watched the Peach Bowl, just to let you know, Alabama did win 2047. Yeah. Yeah. So just wanted yeah. to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's transition a bit. So I know that there's a date that you're going to remember quite well. It's May 4th, 2020, which is the date that you signed as an undrafted free agent with the Buccaneers. Talk to us about yeah. what that was like for you. It was huge. I have a really close relationship with Vita Vea, who plays a huge role on the Bucks, And it was kind of like a toss-up between the Bucks and I think it was the Panthers. I spoke to both teams and just me having Vita, basically my, you know, my brother, my family, and having him out here, you know, I called him before I made the decision. I was like, like, how do you feel about it? Is it best fit for me? He was telling me the truth. You know, as we all know, there was a whole lot of stars on this team, especially the front seven. Like there's, it, it was just stacked from top to bottom. And I just thought Bucks was fitting for me, you know, with him over here. I was more comfortable with being here. And when I was on the phone with the Bucks, they just felt like they were fired up to get me here. And uh, I just thought it was the best move for me. So I think that's important to consider what's the best cultural fit for you, no matter whether you're playing on a football team or just figuring out your career in life you always want to make sure that your understanding is the organization that you're going to go to the best fit for what you're looking for your values your style and everything else too that that was a a good fit for you and obviously you had a wonderful season winning the super bowl so that was a a nice run as a rookie as well can you talk to us about I think it's important that we look to people that we can align with that can help us grow and develop in whatever our craft is. Were there any other people on the team that helped be a mentor for you? Yes. I feel like he's only said a handful of words to me. I mean, we spoke, you know, here and there, uh, Ndamukong Su, you know, everybody knows him. He's a dominant player. He's, he's been playing for a while. He has a lot of experience and for him, it was more of an example. He was setting the way he, you know, went about his business around the facility during games and practice. It was just like, just seeing him, like, it was kind of like a thing. Like I just sat back and watched him, you know, do his thing. And uh, just seeing how he carried himself, it was, it was big for me because I was like, okay, he's been playing for 10, 11 years. He's been playing at a very high level, really just setting the tone for me. Cause you know, it's my first year. So I'm just like, okay, well, let me watch the best do it. Just seeing him, JPP as well. He's a down-to-earth dude. He's Everybody knows what he's done this season. So uh, really just seeing those two guys go all year, 
they've been playing for a while and they're still performing at a very high level. Just seeing that as a rookie was very uh, inspiring. Those two definitely played a big role. Sure. And let's talk about Tampa's road to the Super Bowl. So during the regular season, the team was 11 and five, finishing second in the Mm -hmm. NFC South, which means you guys ended up being the number five seed going Mm -hmm. into the playoffs. And so talk to us about as you're going to the playoffs then, and it's a little bit different being the number five seed. There's only one that's going to be the leader of the division. It's different than like March Madness, where you have, you know, 64 teams that are, they're going into this tournament. Right. And so, but as you guys are sitting in the number five spot, like what is coach Arians telling the team? What is, you know, the leaders of the team talking to, to the guys about to get them fired up on going into the playoffs? It was just more of like a, a shift in the atmosphere of the facility. Coach Arians, you know, he said what he said. He had to. He's a head coach. He has to tell the team how to go about practice and meetings and how to go. I mean, now because it's the playoffs, you know, it's it's one or done. But it was more the the leaders of the team, Levante, Devin White, Tom Brady, like just all these guys, just seeing how locked in they were. There was no time for air. There was no time for playing around. It was like, this is our first time being here in a while we will not mess this up by playing around or taking it very lightly. We, we were, they just set the tone for being locked in and whether it's something they said at practice, um, something they said in meetings, it was like, we were doing extra. It's like, we took the extra step. Like it was, it was a new season, but everybody was at their peak of the season. It was, it was, it was amazing to watch. And you mentioned Tom Brady. So I'm going to ask the question in your <laughs> mind, what is it that makes Tom Brady special? I mean, yes, he's talented. Yes, he's hardworking. But what else is it about Tom Brady? If I'm being really honest, so Tom Brady, amazing. You know, his talent is amazing. To me, I think it's his leadership. His leadership is huge. So as a rookie, you know, obviously, if you play on the same team as Tom Brady, you want to you want to talk to him. You want to be near him. You just want to see how he, you know, carries himself. And just seeing the effect he has on everybody, literally everybody, it was it was kind of like he it, it was kind of like he took over during the playoffs. It was like he's in his in his element and just seeing him work at practice, telling people to straighten up when things weren't right. It was crazy to watch. I mean, not just playoffs like. The whole season, from beginning to end, it's like he brought like a whole new, I want to say culture, like by itself. Last year, we had the same defense, all the same guys, but him. You know, he came in this year. It was the way I seen, you know, Godwin, Evans, like uh, Rojo, just seeing how how they went about their business because Tom Brady was there. I feel like Tom Brady just played a huge role in how everybody was like, okay, the GOAT is here. We have to step how he steps. We have to talk, walk how he walks and talks. So it was like, it was just seeing how he led the team. And it was amazing. It was, it was crazy to watch, you know, especially as a rookie. So, Sure, I love that. And, and as I'm listening to you, I mean, that's the characteristic or one of the important characteristics of a great leader is that your presence has such an influence on the team that it makes everybody want to raise their performance, their game to a higher standard because of who you are and that you're yeah. part of that organization. So I think that's a great uh, characterization of what makes him really a great leader. Uh, we've obviously yeah. seen him perform on the field and, and his leadership is top notch as well. What I wanna do now is I wanna take you through what I call my two minute drill and just ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? 
Uh, yes, I'm ready. Okay. First one is, what did you want to be when you were 10 years old? When I was 10 years old, I think I wanted to be a music artist, a singer. Any particular genre? R&B. Who would play you in a movie about your life? I'll say Will Smith. Oh, that's Will a good Smith. choice. Yeah. What is your favorite vacation spot? Does it count if I haven't been there yet? Sure. I would want to go to Bora Bora. I've seen a whole lot of videos. It looks amazing. It does. I've not been either, but it does look pretty amazing. One day. One day yeah. when this pandemic has calmed down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about the next question is, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? I like Rocky Road. Um, I've, I've always liked, you know, just all the things that come in. So it's, That's a great choice. It's, it's not my favorite, but I do enjoy it very much. Yeah, yeah. What is a pet peeve of yours? Bad drivers. I, I can't stand bad drivers, especially when I see that they're driving back because they're on the phone. Yes, yes. How about what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? I'm really invested in the Bible right now. And the podcast that I'm watching is I'm I'm an Athlete with uh, Chad Johnson. It's, it's amazing. Oh, nice. And that is a great book choice, by the way. Can't go <laughs> wrong with it. No. And my last question is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Okay. The first person that came to my head, I think, was uh, Rosa Parks. I would love to talk to her and just see where her mind was at, you know, during that time and the courage she had, you know, doing what she yes. did. It was, it was amazing seeing her as a, as a woman. It, it, was just, it was just cool reading and seeing what she's done. I would love to talk to her and just pick her brain. Um, second, I would like to talk to Ray Lewis. I feel like a lot of the things he's done, not even just on the field, going around the you know world, talking to people, motivating people, just seeing his tenacity and how how much he look, how much passion he has for I want to say life, not just football, just just how passionate and just driven he is. Uh, I, I would love to talk to him at the table and really, like I said, pick his brain as well. And then the third person, I would say Inky Johnson. He's a motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. He's my favorite motivational speaker. Just hearing him talk, hearing his story, hearing everything he had to go through and where he is now, it's, it's definitely played a huge role in, you know, the way my mind is structured, the way my thoughts go. So uh, him, him definitely. For those that don't know who Inky is, I mean, he played football. Uh, he had a career-ending injury at the University of Tennessee, right? Is, uh, yes. He played, and I've heard him speak, not in person, but I've certainly seen some of his work, and he's definitely a powerful, powerful speaker. So those are three great choices. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, Benning, as we look to close the show, tell people, how can they follow you on your journey? They can follow me on my Instagram. It's just my name, Benny Potowai, B-E-N-N-I-N-G-P-O-T-O-A-E. Really, that's about it. I, I recently just made the Instagram a year ago, so... I'm kind of starting to get more, you know, involved on social media. That's probably the best way. Perfect. We'll be sure to have that in the show notes so people can follow you as you continue on in your career. And thank you so much for being on the show today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to everyone for listening. And we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. 
Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.